Hello, this is Susan Brooks, and today we'll be mapping kitchen confidence on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix special nutrition therapy series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, the practices, the dietary theories, and the healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the Functional Matrix. The Functional Nutrition Matrix reminds us of three very important factors in our clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Susan Brooks. Susan is a longtime health educator and a full body systems and functional nutrition and lifestyle certified practitioner through the Functional Nutrition Alliance, who specializes in teaching simple results-based practices for health and easeful aging. For more than 40 years, she has trained with the masters in her field and is a vibrant testament to her work. Her all-natural whole foods cooking has blossomed from a hobby to a passion, with her kitchen transformed into an everyday food lab. She strives to develop creative ways to make healthy cooking fun, accessible, and satisfying. Susan lives in Boulder, Colorado with her husband and dog. She loves visiting her daughter, Grace, currently attending medical school. And she's written Cooking with Grace, 100 plus gluten-free and naturally sweetened recipes for vibrant health and hands-on health for vibrant living, which we will link in the show notes. Susan, what a joy it is to have some time with you today. I am so honored to be here. I love your 15-minute matrixes. Thank you. And I love this topic of kitchen confidence. I'm I'm excited to unpack it, what it is, how we get there ourselves and help our clients and patients to do the same. Can we start, Susan, just by defining what you mean by kitchen confidence? Kitchen confidence is just feeling comfortable in the kitchen. One of the most surprising things I've found with my clients is this chasm that a lot of people have between wanting to be healthy and eat healthy foods and create them and having this huge leap between that thought and how to get there. Things as simple as even knowing how to read recipes. Some people don't even have that confidence. Yeah, it's so interesting because I was thinking about our conversation ahead of talking to you, Susan, and I know it took me practice. I wasn't raised with the opportunity to really cook. My mom didn't 
teach me. My grandma didn't teach me. I saw them doing things, but I didn't get any lessons. And it really wasn't until after I graduated from college, I was used to being an artist and I needed something to do with my hands. And I found that I was cooking and chopping and learning and reading cookbooks. And not everybody has that time, but I learned by doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a Zen quality to being in the kitchen. I think like anything, I mean, look at parenting. We just learn as we go. And that's definitely what cooking is about. I myself have also never had cooking lessons. I certainly did not have (laughs) much role modeling in the kitchen. In fact, maybe that's why I was so motivated to learn. Yeah, it's really kind of fascinating when we think about that history and what propelled us to get in the kitchen. And like you, I find being in the kitchen part of my meditation. It's where I'm unplugged. I'm with my thoughts. I'm listening to music or something that's interesting to me. I'm getting inspiration, but I'm also, I just have this love of making things. I kind of, Susan, have this joke with my boyfriend. He'll be coming over on the weekend and I like to make dinner for him. And I'll say, what are you making? And I'm like, I'm not sharing. Like, it's my secret thing. (laughs) Like, I don't want it to be judged ahead of time. Like, oh, I don't want that. I just want to have fun in the kitchen. And so it's my like private time where I get to create. I find that it's the perfect blend of art and science and nurturing. And as you said, meditation, I just find it's so joyful. And I I love color. Like I love working with the different colors and bringing those in to food. So I just scratch my head. I, I know it's real for other people when they just you know, use their ovens for storing their pots and pans. And that's all. (laughs) I do have a client that does that. But you know, it's just for me, it's nothing but joy. And I agree about the music part and maybe getting a little dancing going in the middle. Love that. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) But we're having this conversation here where we kind of have a love of cooking and not everybody has that. They may be starting, like you said, with discomfort in the kitchen or feeling like they're failing or even disinterest. So not having that passion that you and I are talking about and highlighting right now. How do we get from there, those places to that place of confidence? That is a great question. And it's something that I care so much about. My real passion is I want to get people from here to there. And so just to give an example, I'm just thinking of one client who, you know, we're creatures of habits. And she just would get up in the morning and have her oatmeal and her toast and her black coffee and watch the news. And I kept talking smoothie to her and I could see she was going deer in the headlights. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to get all my glass jars out next time she comes. And she just, she walked in and everything lined up for her with the blender and all the ingredients. And it was so simple. It took within seconds, you know, because I have a lot of smoothie ingredients all set up. And, you know, it took her from here to there in a very easy way. She was amazed how good it tasted. And, you know, and then I gave her kind of a basic smoothie recipe that she could mix and match. And she was thrilled. She was thrilled and surprised. She couldn't believe how easy it was. And then I went to her house and helped her set up her kitchen just for the smoothie part. But that's just one example. 
Yeah, it's such a good reminder for those, especially those starting a practice or looking to add to their practice, that there are ways that we can make the work and the recommendations really practical. I remember this is, you know, going back a decade or so ago when I would see clients in person in the room I'm looking at right now, and we would be talking about how to remove dairy. And I'd talk about nut milk. This is back in the days when we couldn't buy healthy nut milks. Hard to believe how far we've come in a decade. But I would just get up. I'd have, like you said, all the fixins ready to go. My nut milk bag, the soaked nuts. And then I'd give them a handout. Like, look, we just did it. How do you like it? Now you do it. And that simplicity and the joy you were talking about, like, oh my God, I just did this and it tastes good. Amazing. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I think that a lot of people have this notion that if they make the decision and commitment to have a healthy diet, they're going to have to give up so much and they're going to have to compromise taste and flavor and satisfaction. And it's always nice to see their surprise when their new way of eating and learning to cook is actually delicious and it's good for you. Delicious and good for you. And you don't need to be Julia Child. Like it can be really easy. You can set up your overnight oats or your no oats on the weekend, have little containers ready to go. You know, you can make these things super easy. And I think, again, people just are so delighted. And that delightment is that a word? Delightment? I love that word. <laughs> Keep that. The delight leads to that confidence because it's not only like, oh my gosh, I like this and it's delicious and it's healthy and I made it. And that's like confidence comes from that, a little bit of that pride in what we're able to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is confidence building. And, you know, the other piece you touched upon that learning to cook and get excited about even walking into the kitchen and creating something, it's very practical. For me, it's all about organization. Like you have to have just the slightest bit of a plan in terms of how to create just core basics. And it requires, I think for me, I spend more time probably getting organized than I do perhaps with even the cooking. Yeah. So what does that look like? What is organization in your kitchen? And you're such a good cook. I've had the pleasure, the great pleasure of being in your kitchen and being fed by you. <laughs> and it, it, that is delightment, if I may use that word. Um, <laughs> the supreme delightment. But what does organization in the kitchen look like for you? And how do you share that with your clients? Well, you know, I love to teach by example. So let's maybe let's just go quickly through a day. And all right, let's say we're going to start with, as you said, overnight oats. That's something really easy. So if we're going to do overnight oats, then we want to make sure we have all the ingredients. And so that might be something as simple as lining up your gluten-free oats next to your chia seeds, next to your chopped up walnuts. And you might even pre-chop an apple the night before, for instance, or have some blueberries. Berries, yeah. Yeah, berries, raspberries, you know, we're really in the height of raspberry season in our garden right now. So just having it all kind of what I like to call grab and go. So it's all set up visually 
because a lot of us are visual learners and we learn by, you know, if it's just right there and we set it up, it's easy. And then, you know, moving into lunch, let's just say we have a bunch of like vegetables already. This is often what I'll do, for instance, one day a week, often Sundays, and I'll just get a whole bunch of veggies ready. And that might include getting some nice lettuces or kale or Swiss chard or collards, just getting them all chopped up and ready to go. And then maybe some, you know, carrots and celery and radishes and tomatoes and just have them all in like glass Tupperwares. So they're right there, you know, some olives and I don't know, some fermented vegetables. And then I might make a couple of nice dressings. I might make some nice pumpkin seeds or things like savory pumpkin seeds to put on top of the salads, some sprouts. Like I just have one shelf with that. And so for lunch, you just grab that and then I might throw a protein on it. So I always have plenty of, (laughs) this isn't for everyone, but I happen to like sardines, like a little can of sardines, or I might have some salmon. I like fish a lot. Or if you're vegetarian, you could have some nice chopped up tofu or some black beans to put on there. So you've got you've got this complete meal. And then dinner, you know, again, very easy. You might have some nice steamed veggies and a sweet potato, but it's all right there. So I might have some nice proteins all lined up in the freezer, for instance. You know, I'll just see what's on sale in the store and just I have one whole row in my freezer that's just protein type foods and maybe some veg like black bean burgers, things like that. Yeah, perfect. So a little bit of setup goes a long way. You mentioned to me, Susan, that one of the surprises for you of writing your book or your latest book, I should say, Cooking with Grace, was the community aspect that came from the book and of cooking and being in the kitchen. Can you talk a little bit more about cooking in community? Yeah, I mean, this was a surprise because the book, as you know, came from my daughter moving back east. We're very close and we love to eat and cook together. Before she left, she said, Mom, what am I going to do? Back east, I'm going to have to text you every day for your recipes. And so the big light bulb went off and then out came the cookbook a couple months later. But what has been unexpected as the book has been traveling far and wide is so many families are now cooking from, especially during COVID, you know, they're cooking the same thing from the cookbook from one part of the country or one part of the world to the other. And I have so many photos of meals and things that people have made recipes from the book that has been bringing them and their communities and their families such joy. And it's, it's just a great connector. You know, it's just, I don't know why I hadn't, I hadn't really thought much about the power of a book to be able to do that. And especially this cookbook that was, you know, just really an, uh, as somebody said, it's, it was just a love letter to my daughter. <laughs> right, right. And it was a delivery. The book is doing the action, but the real message or the heart of the matter are the recipes are getting in the kitchen and doing that prep and gaining that confidence. I'm wondering, Susan, as a final point, if we're talking about how we inspire our clients or patients to gain more of that confidence. Is there anything you'd share with other coaches and clinicians out there that we can impart to the people we're serving, especially if we're not able to get in the kitchen with them? Again, back to sort of practical specifics, 
I'm a real believer in soup, Andrea, in soup making. And honestly, if that's the first place to start with someone, like even buying vegetable or chicken broths, and you know, this may be more specific than what you're looking for, but just learning to make really hearty, delicious soups and stews, I think that's one of the easiest and most satisfying ways to start. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great first step. Like you talked about smoothies and soups. They're easy on digestion. They're a great place to start. You can have some success and reap the benefits that come with the nutrition and the confidence. But one of the things I'm hearing in what you're saying, Susan, is taking those steps. So I think as clinicians, we have to remember that not everybody we're speaking to has the same comfort with the practices that we do. And one step at a time, one meal at a time, it may not be the entire fridge with all meals set up, but it may be breakfast. And then once we've gained some confidence there, we have the entryway to move into lunch or dinner. Does that resonate with how you've worked with people? Yeah, it does. And you know, there's one word that we have not mentioned throughout, and that's dessert. Mm. You know, for so many of us, that's the portal to our hearts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what we start with, you know, we often think healthy eating precludes being able to have these delicious desserts. Why don't we start with some really delicious chocolate mousse made with avocados and in a blender for takes about 15 seconds. So I think people just need to choose to meet themselves where they are with their relationship with food. What are their favorite foods and textures and meals? And maybe start there. Just build your repertoire starting with one favorite dish. So true. Susan, thank you so much for joining us and helping us have some fun thinking into how we all build upon our kitchen confidence. We will link to your book in the show notes, and I'm excited to do more cooking from it. Thank you. It's been an honor, Andrea. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 